Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the 18. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the 88 Cup car, the 7 Xfinity, <laughs> and the 29 Pinball Truck from Martinsville. Hey guys, it's KB, and we have a special treat for today. Coming off a win in Martinsville, we have Brad Kozlowski, spotter, the one and only Joey Meyer. Well, I, yeah, I don't know if I'm the one and only, but I, <laughs> I am like the Joey Meyer. It might be another one, but I'll, I'll take credit for being the at two spotter on Twitter. Uh, with TJ Majors, we give each other a bunch of junk. But, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. You know, and obviously he was not late, and he was up on time. Because why? He's got a new clock. Got a new clock. <laughs> TikTok. TikTok so, winner. <clears throat> how, was, uh, how was Victory Lane? You know, one of the things cool about Martinsville that actually Atlanta Motor Speedway did this year is they put Victory Lane on the front stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fans are a fence away from everybody. And there were people yelling and screaming and throwing beers in a good way. Uh, and when actually the pictures got done taken, we were done filming. Brad took uh, some hats and walked through the grandstands and gave them back out to everybody. That's nice. So the interaction with the fans at Victory Lane in Martinsville is really a unique opportunity uh, and really gets people involved uh, more so than putting them over in a standard Victory Lane that we see at most of the tracks. You know, the fans are usually only a fence away from us, but it's usually a long drop. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> this is obviously uh, the Exalta studio that you're in here. And um, – Pretty nice studio, don't you think? Yeah, it's a great studio. It's fantastic. If you guys ever get a chance to get to Mooresville, come into the retail shop here at Junior Motorsports and walk just to the back, buy you some studio. Uh, uh, the studio will be back here. You can buy some T-shirts, hats, some and all kinds bumper, of paraphernalia. Door so, bumper clear T-shirts are well, here. Well, the new, the new revised post-Martinsville door bumper, almost not clear T-shirts <laughs> are available. Uh, Gosh, yep, so good. Yep, revision number two is out. You Brett was those. hoping that you would bring that yep. to the podcast. Well, I, I, you know, if we were if we're going to go that far, I'll, I'm going to make a T-shirt of your truck race Saturday. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. We went from zero on Saturday to hero on Sunday, so that's <laughs> all right. Yeah, quite a, quite an interesting afternoon on Saturday that we both had. Yeah, how, so Joey spots for uh, Austin Cindric, um in the 19 truck, and I spot for the 29 truck of Chase Briscoe, and we both had exciting days. Mine was uh, Mine was probably more fun than his, but... We both probably weren't – we were ready to go to bed that night and start the race on Sunday. Yeah, we were actually very disappointed. Austin Cindric drove one of those trucks for 2015 
uh, at Martinsville, we made his first start and did really well. We ran top 10 most of the afternoon, got spun out late in the race and finished in the top 20. So we were expecting a lot of uh, better opportunities on Saturday. And from the get-go, we had to play defense at Martinsville. And you can't play defense entering the corner and exiting the corner. It simply doesn't work out that way because then you're just in the way. And one of the things that Austin was talking about was how much lack of respect he felt he was being shown. And I'm talking on the radio, and I said, it's not a lack of respect. It's just you're in the way. <laughs> and uh, we ended up being in the way with the leaders behind us, but we were racing a guy behind us for the free pass to stay on the lead lap, and the leaders and us and got in the same lane, and we were occupying the same space at the same time, and it, it doesn't work out <laughs> no, that way. No, that doesn't work out. How'd uh, you end up? Whoa, no, we were 21st, 22nd, a lap down, wrecked. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. (laughs) So, um, Very disappointed for those guys. Our show today is also brought to you by... One Man Financial. Who also sponsors Elliott's car on the number one in the Xfinity series. So what, uh, what do you, how, so how was your race yesterday? Obviously you guys had another, Other than winning. another speeding penalty. You know what? Yeah. Winning your weekly you know, penalty, winning sometimes, uh, when you dominate races like a, a Kevin Harvick might, or a Kyle Busch, we get used to it, to seeing them lead. Truex led just about five hours of a race a couple, uh, last year at the Coke 600. Yesterday's event was a little, uh, different. Uh, we ran strong early on, got caught speeding. Uh, NASCAR gives us a 30 mile an hour pit road speed. The teams are allowed a 4.99 mile an hour buffer, so you're allowed to go 34.99 miles an hour, and we were caught doing 35.04 miles an hour in one segment only. That and sucks. there's about 14 segments down pit road, and we exceeded that by .045 essentially miles an hour. Uh, the question always comes up about speedometers. These cars don't have speedometers, and even if we did, they wouldn't read in two decimal places like NASCAR's timing and scoring comes out. So the speedometer would still be useless, but uh, uh, it worked out. We came from the back. The stages kind of messed things up with who pitted and who didn't and who stayed out and who took tires and when they came, and it was kind of unusual. But uh, I'm a big fan of the stage racing and allowed us to plan on getting the car back where it needed to be, and Brad drove to the front. So yesterday was the first time in stage racing where it really – got interesting at the end of it and we kind of knew it would get like that you had three guys four guys racing to stand on the lead lap you had this the 14 um brett's hunk of junk was in the way <laughs> um the 14 the three and the 17 were all racing to stand on the lead lap and the 18 was catching them so the 18 passes the 17 and coming to the green and white checkers he passes, he's passing the three on the outside and the, and the 17 drives down there and just hits the 18 out of the way did you see that I saw the replay this morning. So it knocks Kyle up the racetrack. Chase Elliott goes through on the bottom, wins the stage, and then I'm standing next to the 17 spotter, and down here, down comes uh, Tony Hirschman and telling him that Kyle said he's not cutting him any more breaks, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff that it's basically just another, um, it's Kyle's world, and we're all just living in it. speech. And Kyle can do whatever he wants, but if you do it back to him, you're in the wrong type thing. And we're all just like, get back out of here, go down there. Basically the stuff I get when I go talk to somebody. Um, yeah, the important thing to remember is what Ricky did was a classic Martinsville slash Bristol slash yeah. entering turn one Watkins Glen maneuver. He yeah. didn't dump Kyle. He simply moved him out of the way to take that ever-coveted position because for Ricky Stenhouse... It's his it, race. It was his race because by staying on the lead lap, we fast forward now 400 laps later, he's on the lead lap finishing in the top 10. Yeah. Now for 
Kyle Busch, the reason he's so upset is because these new stages, he got one playoff point stolen from him. Chase was awarded that one playoff point, and we'll see how that plays out in the last 10 races, and that's why it's so important. Yeah, he didn't win the stage, but it was that ever-coveted one playoff point that was stolen by Ricky, and Kyle will yeah. find a reason to retaliate mm-hmm. later on. Yeah, he will. He'll find a reason, but he doesn't. it doesn't matter anyway because he – he doesn't even need a reason to retaliate. He can do something and expect nothing in return most of the time anyway because that's how he thinks. Yeah. So There are a group of drivers that <clears throat> race you differently than you race them, and that's what's frustrating with Kyle, an amazing talent. Uh, I said this morning that Ron Hornaday was one of my drivers growing up. Uh, I worked at Dale Hart Incorporated for a number of years. I loved racing with Ron Hornaday. Despised racing against him <laughs> yeah. because you couldn't race Ron the way he raced you. Super tough, super aggressive, but the minute you tried to race him the same way, it was, oh, you you were going to the house, man. It was going home packing early because you were getting wrecked. Yeah, it's the same thing at Vegas. <clears throat> oh, I made a bold move. Right. Well, I mean, you hit a guy on the way into That's the it. corner. You forced a guy into a line that he wouldn't normally have went with. He tried to hold the bottom, got a little loose racing you, and you guys hit. And then you want to fight. So, yep. I mean, it's just backwards. Yep. You, you stole a position entering <clears throat> turn three. Yeah. He stole it back from you, exiting four, and he was the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, you know? basically. Yep. I don't blame Ricky for doing that. I mean, no. I actually uh, kind of thought has it was to, cool. But he has to expect <laughs> he can't be upset if it happens to him later on. He has to understand. He he does have a bump and run coming. But that's irrational. Yeah, but the problem, yeah, the, that's problem rational. Is, the problem is is Kyle doesn't see like that he owes him a bump no. and run. Kyle sees that he owes him a, wreck. a DNF. Yep. So – yeah, because that's uh, exactly what he'll he'll remember. Well, Ricky had that coming from Martinsville, whether it's a year yeah. and a half later. Yeah. Yep. Many guys think, you know, just getting a bump deserves a DNF later on. Like, and most people are like, okay, you. Most of the the drivers that respect each other more, just you bump me, I'll bump you a little bit at some point, and then we go on with our normal race. This guy, you you bump him, and he thinks you automatically deserve to not finish a race, like biggest deal in the world. And when it happens, you just be quiet and go your own way. So, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm done now. <laughs> That's your rant. The rant's for the No, I got a end. better rant than that. So, we're going to go into something we call spot on, spot off. And we'll start with TJ. And basically, are you, you cool with it or yeah, not at all? Absolutely. All right. So, BK <laughs> overtakes KB for the win in Martinsville. We know what Joey would say. I'll go spot on for anybody. Any late race passes. You know, it would have been cool if it was with... I wish that battle could have happened with 10 to go rather than, you know, 50 to go or 60 to go because then it would have got real interesting. I think Kyle would have probably tried to get back to Brad at some point and probably done what Ricky did to him. Um, it's just what happens there. But, you know, spot on for some good late race in there. Obviously, Kyle was better in the short run and Brad was a little better in the long run. And uh, it was a good race. Yeah, I, I agree. Martinsville <laughs> provided uh, the entertainment level that we've come to, to expect at Martinsville. One of the unique aspects is that tire that Goodyear brought really brought the concrete in the center of the corner, the widest that I've seen in 20 years, and that was unusual. So, Oh, that's good. You're shorter than Brett. So Brett would I, keep going on and on so and on. So wait a minute. I didn't. You're not going to go spot off for your car passing another car for the win? <laughs> you don't know the rules here. Whatever I pick, you go the opposite. No, you no. never do. <laughs> No, as long as we've tried to win there at Martinsville, it was fantastic for, for the entire race, all 500 laps, to be able to come home with a car that's capable of winning in victory lane. That's what the entire afternoon was You're about. You're just mad. Your right side doesn't look like ours. Well, that's all. It, it, it our, our right side looked like it had ran three races there. 
Started in the back in all of them. Yeah. <laughs> spot on, spot off. Ford gets first win in 15 years at Martinsville. Joey. I'm really surprised. I'm going to say spot off because I, I could not believe that you know, when you look at the Ford teams of Team Penske and Roush Fenway, as long as they've been around, that Kurt Busch <laughs> driving for Roush Fenway was the last person to do that for a Ford. But it gives you an idea how dominant the Chevrolets have been with the Jimmy Johnsons and the Jeff Gordons and Toyota. I mean, Denny Hamlin's, I believe, is one in a Chevrolet at Joe Gibbs and as well as a Toyota. So I, I'm very surprised that it's taken us 17, 15 years to get a Ford into victory lane. You know, I have to go spot off because it wasn't a Chevy. That's all I have for that. That's all you have? <laughs> That's all I have. Spot on, spot off. BK is the first driver with multiple wins in 2017. Is that the spotter's doing? No, no. I wish I could take, you know, the, the spotter gets way too much credit and way too much blame. Uh, there's a group of 40 of us that stand up on the roof on Sunday, and we always talk about being the punter or the kicker because all we can do is all we can do. Uh, if the kicker makes that extra point, it doesn't matter if it's right down the center of the goal line or not. One of the hardest working spotters yesterday was the guy working 20th place, whatever that may have been. The leader out front pulling away has an easier job because he's looking ahead, not necessarily at his, at his driver. So the spotter gets a whole lot less credit or, or more uh, credit than he deserves and a whole lot less blame than he deserves, and I'll go with that. I will uh, – <clears throat> I'll go spot off on Brad winning because, honestly, that's almost the third win. So he got one kind of gifted to him at Atlanta. That was kind of teed up nicely by the four speeding. The four probably was going to win Atlanta, sure, yeah. but you also had one. Uh, you had one taken kind of from you in Vegas, yep. right? Two to so. go and a right hub <laughs> failure. Yep. So, yeah, but I mean that that's that's bad for the rest of the people. That's bad for the rest of us. So, I'm going spot off for that. Spot on, spot off, Joey. Tire package at Martinsville. Uh, I briefly <clears throat> mentioned it earlier. Spot on. Goodyear did an amazing job. As long as we've had these cars, we keep evolving in the technology of being able to put more downforce or less downforce in handling and grip and traction, and Goodyear has to evaluate their tire package for Martinsville. Uh, the track hasn't changed in 10, 15 years with that concrete in the corners, but they brought a package that, A, didn't ball up, didn't dust up. It didn't create debris on the track that drivers had to avoid by running one lane. The concrete was almost three lanes wide in the center of Martinsville, and we've never seen that before. Yeah, I will go. I'm 50% spot on. Can you do that? Ha so what you're, are you, half and half? So you're 50% spot off. Yeah. I'm, I'm like right on the line here. I love the right side tire, but the left side is what needs work now. If we can get the left side to lay rubber on the bottom, those guys, we will be moving up the racetrack. Right now um, – you could tell where the right side's running the whole race. You could tell where they're at. If we could, I was talking to my driver about this last night, and we agreed that if we could get tire rubber to lay on the bottom, that those guys would really be searching for grip, and I think we would round the top of the the concrete. Well, guys, guys were almost up there already. Yeah, but, I mean, the only you could, the race was still basically won on the bottom, and you it still cars will still be fast on the bottom, even if it lays a little bit of rubber, but it'll be the outside lane was way more competitive than it has ever been. And I think if we could lay a little bit of rubber down like the rights were doing already, then it would just be even – I think it would be better than what we already ran. After a pit stop, how much information is being given to the spotters up top after looking at the tire wear? Or yeah. does that even matter? In no, no, right away. We had that one really long run, well over 110, 120 laps. Your driver's anticipating to hear. Uh, specifically, right before that, our teammate Joey had a left rear go down. 
So you're wanting to get that information to see how tire wear is going. And, and most of the teams did have had very little tire wear yesterday. They were wearing out. They were graining. But they weren't getting to the point that they were failing. And that's what's key important. Uh, the thing I thought Goodyear did a really good job is, is tires mattered. If you t- stayed out and took no tires, yeah. and the guys that took two, they were faster. If the guys that took four behind the guys that took two were faster. So you were able to pass the guys if you had better tires, and that mattered. Uh, they wore out, but they didn't wear out to a failure point, and that was really key. They were – it was like a anything – you could stay out if you had only had a few laps on your tires and still maintain pretty good. But if you got up 20 laps on your tires, you were probably coming down pit road. And it didn't used to be like that that much there. So now you can – now you can play the pit strategy game a little bit more, and um, I mean, I liked it. Spot on, spot off. AJ gets a top ten finish. It's more of a Brett because he gives so much crap to AJ. Almendinger. Yeah, I mean, it's spot on for AJ, but that's nothing new. He runs good there, but he runs good there. I don't know if it's because of the the corners are probably more like a road course to me than and he's probably more comfortable at corners like Martinsville than he is anywhere because yep. he's so used to running road courses and they're real tight corners and. You know, there is a f- there. Believe it or not, you know, when we and Brett were arguing last night, when he's like, "Oh, well, the um, the tires never fall- f- fell off, and everybody ran the same speed after 20 laps." Not true. You could see the guys that would move a little bit lower on the racetrack and be straighter off the corner. You would see the guys would move up and find that line up there, and, and make it work. That's that's what Martinsville and short track racing is. You can't expect guys to be a tenth different. Everybody. You're going to have guys run guys down slowly, but it's because they're being more consistent and they're, you know, they're better at doing that. And AJ's good at that stuff. He's good at it there. So, um, you know, spot on for AJ doing that. I, it's not surprising to me. If I was in DraftKings, he'd have been in my lineup for sure. But. Yeah, spot on 100%. Uh, the three of us drove up and back to Martinsville, Eddie DeHunt, TJ Majors, and myself. And one of the drivers we said for a fantasy draft was AJ Allmendinger because – of his road course prowess and his ability to manage his brakes and tires uh, at a road course. And that's what you utilize on the entry level of getting into turns one and three and then being able to use the gas without burning the rear tires off, exiting both two and four. And we saw those as key and components all afternoon with uh, every driver that was successful was able to do that entry and exit. Yeah, and another thing too, uh, AJ, we caught him. And we got within a car length and a half of him, not even trying to pass him yet. And he pulled over and let us go. And about 10 laps later, he got right back close to us, and we just let him go. And that's the type of stuff that, you know, you don't get to see a whole lot of guys like that do. Um, AJ's been in there, and he's been in the hornet's nest all year fighting. And But it's nice to see a guy break through there and actually um, show some people respect and get it back. So I think AJ drove a great race. Awesome. Well, this is where we are going to take a break. This is your Exalta Race Center update for the week of April 3rd. The Junior Motorsports late models were off. The Xfinity Series was off. That just left the Cup Series at Martinsville Raceway where Dale Jr. had it going on until lap 418 when Denny Hamlin will hop going into turn three, spun out Danica Patrick, and started a pileup that eventually knocked out the radiator of Dale Jr.'s Exalta Chevrolet. That turned a promising day for Dale Jr. into a 34th place finish. But the 88 team will look to rebound this weekend at Texas Motor Speedway. Have you heard what Exalta is doing for its customers? 
customers. They are building an incredible state-of-the-art facility right on the campus at Hendrick Motorsports. It's called the Customer Experience Center. It will be used to train and educate body shop technicians with Exalta's new products, technology, and innovation. This is good news for you because paint and body work isn't just needed at the racetrack. You need it. I need it. We all need it at some point in our lives, and you want the best when it comes to your vehicle. The best is anyone that uses Exalta coatings because not only is it the best quality, but its technicians are the best trained. One Main Financial is the largest consumer finance company in the United States, and it dates back over 100 years. TJ, I did not know that, but I did know that if you were in need of a loan and your finances have taken a turn, One Main can help. So race down to the closest One Main branch and get back on track. You know that with more than 1,700 locations, there is bound to be one near you. There's actually one really close to us where we're at right now. So find your closest One Main at OneMainFinancial.com. Lending made personal. personal. Breaks over. Breaks over. All right, so we're going to go into Fastlane, and I'm going to give TJ and Joey a topic to debate, and we're going to alternate who responds first, <clears> and <throat> then each of them will get 30 seconds to voice their opinion on the question, and whoever responded first will get a 30-second rebuttal. You ready? TJ, you're going to go first on this okay. one, and Joey will follow up. Six races through the 2017 Cup Series this year. How do you feel the stage format is going? I feel the stage format is kind of taking, it's kind of doing what we wanted it to do or they wanted to do. It's breaking up the races a little bit. We're not getting the debris cautions anymore. We're not getting, you know, we actually have, there is a little more meaning and we've seen the urgency at the end of a stage. If you're there to make a move to do something, you know, you can, something can happen. So I imagine some of these other races will be, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some that aren't as exciting. But I'm sure we'll have some that, you know, get exciting at the end. And, you know, you have a guy that maybe saved his tires a little bit more, can make a run at the end of it and and uh, try to win the stage. But it's definitely more exciting. And, you know, we got something to race for Joey. throughout the race. One of the things we've done with stage racing is we've gotten rid of the phantom debris cautions, all right, which we didn't like because nobody could plan on them. But one of the things we have to do better with stage racing is be more efficient under yellow. We are racing, wasting so many laps going back to green. We wasted over 10 laps during the second stage yesterday from the time the yellow came out, from the time the green went back, and that's simply too much time wasted. We're wasting more time now than we would have with a regular caution flag. Yeah, I think um, it allows me to be way more efficient with these stages because I can strategically plan my bathroom breaks now. <laughs> so it makes it a lot easier. I'm not worried about hydrating myself and Thanks having to go. Thanks for that insight. Are okay. you, you're not using the TV cables anymore? <laughs> Not anymore, no. Okay. I usually just go over the fence. Ew. Uh, what? Currently, the Xfinity Series does not race at Martinsville. Should NASCAR consider racing there? Pros and cons? Joey? You know, one of the greatest races we used to have was South Boston, and I loved that short track. Hickory, I loved that short track. So Martinsville would fit that gain. Unfortunately, we already have two series there with the cup and the trucks. The series can't stand another standalone race with the Xfinity Series. I wish they would race, but I'm okay that they don't. And I don't see it happening as a triple header weekend. The track simply isn't big enough to have all three series in it at one time. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely think we should. I, I think the Xfinity Series should race there. I don't know if they should all be on the same weekend since it's such a close race for most of us. Most of the teams, maybe we start on a, maybe we start there a day earlier. You know what I mean? Or maybe you know maybe we run the trucks in a one day show, get them in and out, something like that. But or rotate them. Put the trucks there in the spring, Xfinity cars there in the fall, something like that. You get a rebuttal. Yeah, you know, I, I don't see it happening because the truck race is one of the, the short track style of truck racing at Martinsville is good for their bodies. 
we all know now moving forward to the future, we're going to fiberglass bodies for the Xfinity Series, the last short tracks of the year. And that simply is not going to be conducive to short track racing, beating and banging and ripping fenders off for these guys. Uh, I think we're okay. I think it's okay if we want something and don't have it, then having it and not be very good. Austin Sindrick trying to avoid going a lap down block Christopher Bell at Martinsville. That ended up in a wreck that resulted in Bell losing the lead and ultimately losing the race. As a spotter, how do you advise your driver in this position? Get out of the way or race hard? TJ? You know, I wasn't in this position, so I think I should just start with Joey on this one. All right, well, first of all, <laughs> we talked about a lap before the leaders even got there. Uh, from a spotter standpoint, how you were we, gonna do it? we weren't <laughs> advising him to block the leaders. We were advising him to maintain the bottom lane. Why was that? Because we had the 63 car truck right behind us that we were racing for position to either stay on the lead lap or be the first car on the free pass position. <clears throat> We got loose off of four. He tried to get back down to the bottom lane simultaneously as the leader was trying to get to our inside. It's like walking down the hall and you guys are moving out of the way of each other. You're not trying to bump into him, but you end up bumping into him. Was he we faster than your car we behind were, you? We were as equal to the 63. We okay. were doing – the 63 was right with us, and that was the issue. We were not – there was never any intention to block the leader, and that was discussed laps in advance. Stay on the bottom. If the 63 is going to pass you, make the 63 go to your outside. So we were giving the leaders the outside lane. I would have liked to have seen uh, Bell follow us in on the bottom lane, which he could have, follow us around the corner, and easily pass us down the backstretch. That didn't happen. Yeah, it's not a position you want to be in for sure. And everything, I think everything happened faster than – faster than what it everybody anticipated it was going to happen right there but those type of things happen at places like martinsville you know it's a tough situation to be in um <clears throat> being a you know you know I, I don't think uh i would definitely make sure my truck's not in that position so you rewatched this on youtube yeah <laughs> as proof that you weren't <laughs> well no because the, the argument was originally was the 63 or the four couldn't get in behind us because the 63 was outside of him and i said no that's not true we could have easily followed each other down into the corner, single file, us, the four, the 63, if he chose to. Two truck lengths behind the 63 is Chase Elliott. We had room. We see how we are all bunched up <clears throat> off of four. Oh, wow. The four car just got by the 63, and we're looking at us on the phone for you guys listening on the JRM podcast. So the go, back podcast. Okay. go back to the start-finish so, line. Let's go back to the start-finish line. So this comes off of four. He gets inside. As we start getting loose off of four, we try to correct back to the bottom lane. We're inside the bottom lane. And that's where the four is trying to get inside of us as well. The four car, much like we saw Denny earlier in the cup race, is taking a line into turn one that will not work. He's so below the, the line getting into one because we're on the bottom lane. He's trying to go inside of us. And that's our, our intent wasn't trying to block the leader. And that's where the confusion comes up. Visually, 100% I agree. It looked like we were blocking the leader, but we had talked about it a lap in advance before the leaders even got there. Stay on the bottom. Protect the bottom. Just like I mentioned earlier in the show, we were being defensive the whole time, racing that 63 truck. And the next photo on his phone, it's a selfie with the Martinsville Funny, huh? clock. Yeah, right? I say you go from zero one day to a here or the next, man, yeah. the life of a spotter. Hey, you're not allowed to go any further. <laughs> Texas is this weekend and unveiling a new racing service. How do repaves affect the way you spot a driver, or do they? Joey? No, absolutely. One of the things we're going to be doing, NASCAR has given us a lot of extra practice time relative to the Monster Energy Cup Series. We are going to be paying attention to what grooves have been utilized, how our lap speeds are. We're using our fan vision, seeing who can gain the advantage the quickest. And realistically, I don't think we're going to see a lot of uh, tire application being rubber put down. 
I don't know if we're going to see a lot of grooving, but you're going to get guys like Kyle Larson that are going to be trying different grooves a lot more. My guy's a bottom feeder. Dale Jr. is going to go up top pretty quick. We're going to be advising our drivers who's moving around as quickly as we can. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's going to be much moving around. Usually when we have a new surface, sometimes there's not a lot of moving around, but we'll see how, how one and two is. I think three and four is the same almost, but it's repaved, so usually it's grippy. The off-the-wall topic. The Masters starts Thursday in Augusta, and they are getting nailed with rain right now, by the way. Uh, for a lot of people, it's a bucket list event to attend. What is your bucket list? Is it the Masters? No, I, you know, I'm not a big golf fan. Uh, obviously, TJ was going to go first, but I stole it from him. <clears throat> I'm not a big golf fan. Um, you know, I've been in racing. I'm, I'm, I'm a really old guy, and I've been in racing my entire <laughs> life. Uh, my bucket list were events that I can't see anymore. I would have died to go back to a beach race at Daytona uh, or to see some more racing in the old days. Um, there's, there, I'm a racing guy. That's all I know. My wife wants to go to Ireland or Hawaii. <laughs> I have zero ideas to go either one. But a bucket list for me would be a race that I could not have seen because it's no longer around. I've never been to a golf tournament, and I'm not really sure I'd want to be. It seems like it would be boring to me. Well, you can't use your phone either, so you'd be And it's a lot of standing dying. around. Like, you just sit there and watch a guy walk up, hit a golf ball, and he walks off. Yeah. And the play, <clears> golf, the clap. golf clap. <laughs> golf clap. Golf clap. That doesn't really interest me, so no. I don't I don't think that's going to be on my bucket list. My bucket list, um, it's kind of weird, I guess. I don't know. I, I'd like to go to a... I'd like to go to a Super Bowl. My grandpa went to – he was a big Steelers fan, and he went to all the ones back in the day when they won. And he has he took the same suitcase, and every year when they won, he put a new sticker on it. So he's got an old suitcase with all the stickers on it, which I think is kind of cool. But um, I'd like to go to the Super Bowl, maybe uh, – um, I don't know. I've, I've been a lot of places Kentucky already. Kentucky Derby? That's no, racing. I'm not – It's an event. I'm you not know, really the, interested yeah, in Yeah, the, the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby's Derby is an event. Uh, you can go to a lot of horse races. I, I would not mind showing up and watching the Kentucky Derby, but it's not. I mean, is that something you go and camp at? Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wear a nice big hat and a dress. Well, you don't wear the dress. So people, the ladies do. So and nobody they goes there for the juleps. weekend. You, nobody goes. Yeah, you go and party for the, for the weekend. weekend, but it's not camping. There's an infield, but it's all hospitalities and things so like that. So you must stay in a hotel. There's no people that bring. Uh, I'm I, sure I just, someone camped out in a parking <clears> lot somewhere. I, I it's bet Kentucky. there's a motorhome lot there. We've gone for way the over 30 seconds. <laughs> I'm just pointing that out. You guys, I, your guys' over timer that. here at DBC is... Yeah. We're over that. I'm just saying there's got to be like a DO lot at the Kentucky Derby. I've never been. Yeah, There's got to be like the jockeys or it's whatever. It's not an event, but one of the things I want to go to is the Oshkosh fly-in, which from an aviation standpoint is the largest fly-in in the United States for general aviation stuff. But is that in Wisconsin? It is in Wisconsin. Yeah, there's actually a smaller <clears> version of the Sun and Fun down in Lakeland, Florida, which is going on this week or next weekend. Uh, Glenn and I were talking about flying down this weekend. It starts now and runs through Sunday. But it's not an event, uh, per se, from a from a bucket list. But uh, I haven't been to one of those uh, fly-ins, and I'd like to go to that. As a pilot, what do you think about those um, those big Red Bull events where they have those huge those planes that go through it's the... It's awesome. It's beautiful. Is man. it? Yeah, oh, it's just amazing. I thought you were going to You know, they had one in, in the infield at... Uh, uh, Vegas, uh, really? Vegas or Texas at the oh, inside inside of the racetrack. It's either Vegas or Texas in the infield of the racetrack. They actually had the uh, Air Red Bull Air Races set up. That's cool. Yep. They do it at Sonoma. Yep. <clears throat> they bring a plane there. What about the other deal where I'd people like, like make like a little fake airplane and they go down that ramp and they try to fly into the water? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm good with that. <laughs> you know where I, I one bucket list item is? It's kind of weird. Is I would like to attend. I'm not a big soccer fan, but I would like to go to like a. Uh, Manchester United soccer mm -hmm. game or something just to see what it's like because they say that's soccer over there is bigger than like NFL over here so I think it'd be cool to go over there and attend in a 
a soccer game, something like that. So we're going to go into the part where fans on Twitter have asked hashtag AskTBC questions. Um, and we'll go with you first. At KBlakeman87 asks, will Iowa Speedway ever be on the cup circuit? There's a reason why. Mm-hmm. So we have two major players in racetrack owners. We have ISC and SMI. Um, they're two different companies. Associated with ISC is the company called NASCAR. You mm-hmm. may have heard of it. National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing. That company, the NASCAR company, owns Iowa Speedway. They bought it about a year and a half, two years ago. There's a reason they bought it, okay? Because NASCAR is a publicly owned company, they can't take, or ISC is a publicly owned company, they can't take a race away that may affect a stock. NASCAR bought that track for a reason, not just because they had an extra couple bucks laying around (laughs) in their wallet. There's a plan that I believe in my near future we will see a cup race at that speedway, but NASCAR won't be owning the track. Yeah, I'm not sure. I thought we would have been there by now. Um, I thought we would have been there a few years ago, and now I think, to me, it's kind of losing its steam a little bit as far as as far as far going there. I, you know, well, the you go there twice been, within a span of five weeks. It's yeah, brutal. It's, that's crazy. And we just, I don't know, to me, it's just losing a little bit of its steam. Like, we don't have, you know, uh, I think it's a great racetrack, and it would have been, you know, it would be, great to see the cup cars run there there's some bumps there's different lanes they move around so i think that'd be yep. i think that'd be a great cup race the infrastructure for newton iowa also needs to grow uh, des moines iowa is way too far away to fl- for race teams to fly into the hotels the restaurants the actual just places to survive outside of the racetrack without driving an hour away to des moines needs to grow and we've seen that. You know, we stay we, in Des Moines. Yep. And we went to Kansas years ago when Kansas first opened up in the early 2001, 2002. It was a speedway and nothing. And now if you go to that speedway, it's an entire city built around that speedway. Mm-hmm. So it can happen. And it would have to happen at Iowa before we go back <clears> in the cup car. There's a Walmart next to the speedway. That's, That's all it. you got. Yeah. There's an airport right there. Yeah. Short one. Yeah. Is that where you fly into? I the, don't know. I don't. Mm, yes. Yeah. I flew into yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Back when he bought his his team plane, came in to fly him. Mm-hmm. When Reddick brought the team plane, the, no, that company. was that was uh, that was Reddick's dad. No, but that was Gateway. Oh, that was St. Louis that so you brought yeah. your own plane in. Yeah, that was St. Louis. The spotter plane. <clears throat> that was the spotter, <laughs> spotter plane. plane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. November DBC <laughs> is the tail number. That's right. <laughs> I underscore Johnny Thomas asked, with the majority of people supporting anti-splitter for a few years now, why hasn't NASCAR listened and dumped it? <laughs> <laughs> large size. Yeah, I mean, that's a heck of an army. We see we see drivers on Twitter, specifically yeah. mine and your driver, talk about team valence versus team splitter. Years and years ago, when we talk about a splitter, it's a it's a piece that's parallel to the ground that we actually yeah. see on some of your new Corvettes, some of your Dodge Vipers that provides uh, the ability to create downforce with very little device on the car. Years ago, we had a valence which was a device on the front of the nose perpendicular to the ground that you that rubbed itself parallel to the racing surface to create a seal, but it did not create any downforce. We use the splitter to create downforce with as little of the car as possible because that's how we adjusted uh, our new lower downforce package in the cup cars. We adjusted it by simply pulling the splitter back or shortening how much sticks out in front of the nose. Uh, the bad thing about it is, is when the cars get off track and go into the grass, it's literally like a snow shovel and just digs up the grass and rips the nose of the car off and ruins everybody's day. I'm not sure even putting a valence 
back on these cars that they're going to be right. Because yeah. the way these noses go now, we've got these cars so low to the ground that I do think <clears throat> I do think maybe some sort of valence there instead of a splitter might be might save a lot of race cars. Because my biggest thing is is when a guy spins out. And if you hit the grass, your car is basically junk. Destroyed. It tears the car to pieces up front. So, And when you had a valence back in the day, when you hit the grass, it folded it under. You came down pit road, they hammered it back out, and you went back out there and you know didn't have a problem. But, but the entire noses of the cars structurally <clears throat> were lower. built completely yeah. different. You know, nowadays, right now, if we walk over to any of these cup cars in the garage and we were to grab a fender, with very little effort, we could take the entire fender and rip it off the car because we have minimal structure. Why do we have minimal structure? Structure is weight. We're trying to control where we put the weight on these cars. So I'm not sure even having a valence. I agree it's not going to dig in like a snowplow, but I'm not sure or convinced that it's going to do less damage. Uh, it's going to do different damage to these cars, which are still going to be structurally very leak, uh, limited. I think where we're at now is a pretty decent I mean, it's not sticking out real far. It's pretty <clears> – <throat> I'd actually be okay with just eliminating it altogether, and you have the front nose there, and the lower you – I mean, do we really even need the splitter? I mean, do you I mean, need you know what the it? solution is? Don't go in the grass. Wow, that don't, too. Don't go in the grass. Stay off the grass. But why do we need the splitter? Because it creates downforce. What do you mean? Why do we even need it, though? I mean, it, Because in order to keep the balance of the race car – if you took the splitter off, yeah, we're just gonna to, we're just gonna find other ways to no no. But what I'm it. saying is, so if you took the splitter off, you would have to modify the nose to such a greater degree to, to go lower. Eat, no, not to go lower to create some amount of downforce. The splitter is simply cheap downforce. Okay, yeah, I in agree. other words, uh, we we narrow these cars up. We have symmetrical fenders. Back in the old days when these cars were all twisted up, we created downforce on the nose with a valence because we had these monster monster fenders. Well, now we can't manipulate the fenders the way we used to, so we have a splitter that's really just a cheap device that creates a large amount of downforce without having these monster fenders on these cars. If you yeah. took the splitter off the car, you would have to go to the back of the car and remove a bunch more of the side skirt, uh, side quarter panels and spoilers in order to balance the car out. I think we would find ways just to get the front down, too, though. I think we would find ways to get the front down. You'd definitely lose some downforce, but I think we would find ways to get the just stock nose low enough to be... I'm not worried about travel. I mean, I think the cars we would, sit on the ground regardless. We of would still or not. seal them, but I think. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think I'm not 100 percent sure the splitter is necessary. I think we could find ways to counteract that. At Tam's tweets asks, "Who's the female spotter or female up on the spotter stand?" Joey. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, what are yeah. you? Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm rubber. You're blue. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 No, the only female recently been up there is, uh, so Chris Moniz is. Partner, uh, Jen. Jen Joe Cobb, JJC. Jennifer Joe Cobb is a car owner uh, in the Xfinity series. She drives a truck. She has been on the roof spotting for her car that she owns. So oh, she's yeah. the only female uh, on a regular basis that we see on the roof. Um, and then Chris Monez spots for Jen Joe in the trucks, and then she runs up front the top. And the only reason it's funny because she runs up in her fire suit. <laughs> so between practices, we were at wherever we were, triple header Atlanta, I guess. Yeah, I saw. I didn't yeah, remember that. She was up on the roof in her fire suit, spotting for the car she owned. And then after practice, she'd run down through the tunnel and get in the truck and drive it during practice. That's got to be exhausting. Yeah. So <laughs> this is the part where Brett and TJ pick a topic to rant about. Although you, when you were spouting off about something, I've earlier. got a way better one here. Go. 
maybe even, maybe even two or three. <laughs> Imagine TJ yeah. having more to say. Yeah. Oh, hang on. So if you want to talk about this, Kevin Hamlin tweeted me and asked if you've even changed since yesterday. Oh, right. <laughs> That's nice. He goes, has Joey not changed his shirt since yesterday? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, nice. so one of the things that I do for... You look clean. Well, Motorsports Monday uh, is a show on MRN.com that anybody can listen to. starts at 12 today. So what? in order to celebrate the victory, uh, I either A, bring the trophy in, which wasn't an option today because it's a seven-foot grandfather <laughs> clock, but I also bring in the, uh, you know, I wear what I wore for Sunday. This is a new shirt because I have more than one, <laughs> but I also have the STP hat from the victory lane, the shirt to signify <clears throat> the fact that we did win the race, just to... You know, give some shout-outs. It's, uh, it's an honor. You know, TJ can attest that it takes years to get into the position to be associated with a cup team on Sunday, let alone to be associated with a cup team on Sunday that won. So it's an honor for me to be able to wear a team jersey and be proud. You know, it's, uh, it's a thing that, that I've done on the radio show, and I'll continue to do it. But for Kevin Hamlin, yes, I, I am clean. <laughs> I've, I've changed it, and it's just a new jersey. I can attest he doesn't smell like Gatorade and beer. Right. It's a, <laughs> yeah, I hope it's a fresh scent. <laughs> <laughs> so you said your show's at noon today. Noon today. That's every uh, week. Every week. And, is it uh, live? It is live. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's live at noon and if you don't catch it live, you can always go to the MRN YouTube channel and catch the previous broadcast. It's Woody Kane and myself. Uh, we really just break down the previous weekend. Um, you know, it's a, as this show is, it's a unique opportunity to be directly involved with the sport and then come in Monday and talk about the trials and tribulations of either uh, trying to block the race <laughs> right, race leader on Saturday or getting the race leader to victory lane on Sunday. So it, it's, how, it's how our lives are. So it's live, but it's not live. This is the first year. It's that we actually taped live up till this year. We went on live at, at noon. I thought, yeah, I always thought you went on live at noon. Yeah, we did. <clears throat> so this year, because we have driver debrief meetings on Monday, uh, I wasn't available at noon anymore. So we moved the show up. It's taped live, oh, unedited. Big, so they moved the show to your schedule. Yeah, they did. You're wow. big time. I'm a big guy, man. I'm a <laughs> wow. T- you know, it's called talent. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually tape live at 9 with zero edits, and it goes live. Back today, I made a... I made a boo-boo on air and called it the 2016 Monster Energy Cup Series and got corrected live on air, which we'll get to watch at noon. Mm. So that's how it works. Yeah. I mean, I got lots of rants. I L- could let go me hear on. a rant. Well, I mean, you want to talk about heat lightning? This guy says it doesn't they exist. They don't have to be about racing also. Heat lightning. He, he says heat lightning heat doesn't lightning. exist. Heat lightning. Heat lightning. Well, you what know the stuff we watched when we were kids. Am I allowed he- to cuss? Yes. No. <laughs> no. Yes. Yes, you are. Um, are they listening to this right now? Maybe. Oh, okay. No, you can cuss. Yeah. Hello, there's ma'am. no heat lightning. There's no such thing as heat lightning. There is. It's no, there's lightning. not. There is heat lightning. TJ, I love you, but he seems a little bit smarter. Also, he's a pilot, so maybe he knows yeah. something about meteorology. Stop. But Just seriously, there's no such thing as heat lightning? Off. No. My what rant, is it? I have another there's, rant, it's, too. It's lightning. It, it, if see? You, you're see? with me. You're with me. <laughs> I everybody, just grew up. Everybody grows <laughs> up. Everybody lightning. grows up. Where is heat lightning when you normally see it? In the Summertime. But all off in the distance, right? That's heat lightning. That's actually a thunderstorm that's so far away, you don't hear the lightning or see the rain associated with it because lightning will travel visually for hundreds of miles. If we're in the air and I showed you a storm that was 25 miles away, it's this close right to you, 25 miles away. We flew over it coming home last week. We were at 45,000 feet. The thunderstorm was at 37,000 feet, and it looked like we were going through it. That was a storm. That okay, wasn't was heat lightning. Beautiful. Yeah. I've been being someone has been lying to me for thirty-two no. years. Yes, there's no, no. <laughs> heat we, lightning. Heat lightning right. is 
lightning, but it's associated with a thunderstorm. It has nothing to do with the summertime. No, ma'am. See? Okay. We, no, ma'am. Look, lightning. this is an educational <laughs> podcast today, Absolutely. unlike you can other learn a lot of things. heat lightning. <laughs> There's so, no heat lightning. I guess heat my, lightning uh, is a faraway thunderstorm <laughs> that's actually going on that you just can't hear the lightning because the sound doesn't make it to you, but the light does. That information alone made this morning worth it. Yep. <laughs> you know what I should have got? So uh, a handful of years ago, Joey's got a picture in his office at the hangar um, where he where he has a little office Where space do they fly out of? Where do you fly out of? State, we're two State hangers, t- two hangers down from JRM. Okay. So in his office, he has a picture of him in his street stock days in Florida, right? Oh, yeah. What year was that roughly? Oh, man, that was uh, late 80s. It was uh, <laughs> 1987, 1988. So I graduated in 84. I'd have been 19 years old. So somebody took that picture, and a bunch of his crew guys made T-shirts of it, and they wore them to the racetrack. That's awesome. <laughs> Do yeah. they still have them? I, 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 never, I never got one. They was all, <laughs> it was one of the jokes at Team Penske. They all had they you know, me up on the them. shows. Yeah, the, the sponsor at the time was Awesome Automotive. <laughs> and so on the back of the car, it says Awesome in, in the quarter <laughs> panel with Automotive and the phone number. You know, But that was my sponsor was Awesome Automotive. Yeah. And uh, so those guys mm. made it, and they had some stupid saying about Awesome Baby or <laughs> with the big T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, and they nice. just showed up to the racetrack and yes, you didn't know it? Yes, I had it. no idea. Some That's of them amazing. still wear them once in a while, just as like regular T-shirts and stuff. And it, so it's pretty funny. But I Our boss did that. Joe Mattis, he, um, uh, Richard Boswell, who used to be an engineer here, he left for Stuart Haas, right? Yeah. He um he used to race too, so unbeknownst to him, they made a bunch of T-shirts with him leaning against his race car yep. looking like a total tool. We still um, have them. <laughs> I think a and good a I'm good cool, rant. Man. Laugh with or at? I don't care as long as you're laughing. Oh, I know. So what's the rant? Let's hear it. I think that my rant would be the truck race on Saturday. The way NASCAR handled the the state end of the stage caution time. You know, you, they so the caution comes out five laps to the end of the stage, and instead of ending running a few laps under caution and finishing the stage, they open pit road for two laps. Everybody that do, does not have a chance at winning that stage basically pits from about fifth on back pits and they close pit road and the stage and then they reopen pit road for all the guys that haven't pitted yet so you're basically just gifting those guys track position for no reason we went from running third to 19th we we probably realistically should have cycled into the fifth to seventh area but we should it basically took all them cars were running in the back and just gave them a free opportunity to pit and pass the faster cars for no with for no you know, un- unfairly to me. What do you think? All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree everything with you, other than the fact that Steve O'Donnell this morning admits if they had to do it again, they would have done it differently. Yeah. His I figured. their their intent when the caution came out with five to go, they opened pit road with four to go to go green. They were going green <clears throat> with one to go. Yeah. They found debris on the track and had to initiate a debris pickup, which chewed up the extra lap that they were gonna yeah. go back to green. So they got caught in a in a Pandora's box, if you will, by opening pit road too early, and then having to close it because the rules state you got to close it two laps before the stage, and then open it again when the stage came out. They admit a fault. Kudos to them for admitting the fault. Yeah. But we need we definitely because we they I mean, forced that killed, that killed our race. Absolutely. They so. forced the teams to either go for stage points or go for track position. Yeah. You couldn't have both, and you work so hard to get both to get track position and your points that you deserve for the stage. And you had to give up one or the other in order to come down pit road. And pitting was essential at that point in the race to get to the end of the race without having to pit. So you had to pit no matter what during that time, whether you pitted before 
the stage ended or not. But, you know, I, is this something maybe we need to know stage ends under yellow? You know what I mean? I mean, it's actually, it's like a race. It's like a race. You're racing to that checker flag. Is this something that we need to do, green-white checker, or you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't want them to move it around. I, I think, realistically, when you try to, like, I'm not a big fan if we're going to go back to racing with one lap to go. Yeah. I'm not a big fan <clears throat> of that. Yeah. Um, I think if, if you have a, a tolerance of, A, pit roads closed, because like I said earlier, if you're listening to the show and you heard me say it earlier, we're chewing up too many laps to begin with. They easily could have just kept pit road closed, done their interviews with the stage winner, mm -hmm. which they normally do, open pit road, let everybody cycle, and yeah. we could have gone back to green in less time that we normally chewed up under a regular stage length. So to me, there didn't put a bit. There's not enough buffer in there for for an error. Yeah. Like there's not enough buffer for a lineup. No. There, you know, there's not enough. Maybe we need to be six or seven laps before you know you know you're not getting in the stage like Martinsville, because all it takes is for one guy to think he's in front of another guy and pull up beside him and then hold the one to go and that's that's gonna screw everybody. So maybe there just needs to be. I'd rather run a lap and a half or two laps more under caution and not screw people than than. But yeah, well, kudos to them for. You know, fixing it and admitting and, the wrong. Uh, yeah, but it still sucks that you you know you're running top five and you get put back nineteenth for no reason, and that pretty much once you get back there, you know what it's like. It's almost impossible to yep. that late in the race. Yep. So I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with if we're gonna complain and and, and have a <laughs> session about something, <laughs> I'm gonna keep mine to short track racing and our procedures that we utilize that we implement the same procedure at Martinsville and Bristol that we do at Pocono and Watkins Glen and Daytona and Talladega. And that's with the wave around time, when the free pass guy gets it, and how we double up. At Martinsville, we keep it the same. We go one to go, we double at the line, we have wave arounds, we have free passes, and we're all trying to do that with, as we're getting lined up. It's only a half mile, we're 35 miles an hour. It takes very little time to get around that track. Numerous times yesterday, we had to wave off coming to the green because guys simply didn't have enough time to get lined up. We as spotters have meetings with NASCAR as well. We don't have a council. We're not as big time as the driver council. But we go to those people and we've requested, let's start doubling up at the backstretch of the one to go or even give us two laps at simply two tracks, Bristol and Martinsville. Because with the track being so narrow, guys hustling around for a wave around or the free pass, we simply need extra time. And we end up using the time anyways because they wave off the green. Oh, the lineups are – and just like TJ said, one guy on a wave around, you know, as a spotter and driver, you're supposed to know. It's the lead lap cars. It's the lap down cars. It's the free pass car. It's the wave car and the penalty car. That's your lineup. All it takes is for one driver to forget – hey, I'm a lap down, I'm going to line up with the lap down cars. Well, no, you're not lining up with the lap down cars because you are a wave around. Or and a all penalty. it takes is one, or a <clears throat> penalty. And then you start trying to get lined up. Oh, just wave it off, get the 63 behind the 29. He needs to be back. So we waste the time anyways. Let's just do it a little bit earlier. Now the stages, we have the time because it's taken us 8 to 10 laps to get going anyways. So let's ask, please, listen, David Hoots, if you're listening, <laughs> this is TJ Majors talking. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've I've said for a while that we need to double up with two to go. Just get yes. two to go, double up at the line. That yes. gives them, I mean, literally, it's like a minute. Like right. it, it takes thirty seconds a lap under caution. We're adding one minute. I mean, I'd rather and we're do only that. asking for two tracks: Martinsville and Bristol. Yeah, that's really the only prop, only you know, places we have a problem. 
Um, it just gives them more time. I mean, double up, two to go to line, start your double up. If you don't know anything about our podcast, we do predict the future and the news. Awesome. So Here we yeah. go. Hey, We're you know any news and rumors? <laughs> any good rumors or anything? Yes, up? the Trucks and Xfinity Banquet's coming to Charlotte. Mm. Have yep. They, uh, this yeah. morning, NASCAR yeah. declined to comment and said they'd make it the, at the appropriate time. That's it. So breaking news right here. That's good. I'm glad. Truck, absolutely. Because we're going to win the Xfinity and, and, Series Championship. So And your cup banquet will be here soon. All of them. All three. I'm yeah, all bam, bam. Exactly right. Families will enjoy it. The community will enjoy it. How else do you get people from out of town to come see the largest building you've created? Yeah, this to, is our area. To, to represent the history called the Hall of Fame. Duh. Every week we have inductions, or every year we have these big inductions. Get them here. How do you get them? Have them come for a banquet. It's a fantastic facility, and I think it'll be utilized better in the near, very near future. Yeah, I think it's a win-win situation there. I would. It makes you want to go. To me, I don't... To me, I don't have much interest in going out to Vegas. I would rather I would rather go to our local area here. We have the Hall of Fame here. This is where the offices are. This is our area. This is where it needs to be. There's only so many Blue Man Group <clears throat> shows you can see. They're blue. They beat on bottom. They blow in pipes. They're blue. Have I mentioned they're blue? They look like Smurfs. Should I not tell them, should I not tell them about the last show me and you went to? Yeah, no. <laughs> Celine Dion? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Well, so. Joey, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy Monday to come. Awesome. Be on I, this hope, podcast. I hope I, uh, you know, Brett's, You're great. Brett's always trying to raise his standards and up his standards, so up his. Well, <laughs> Brett's usually really good because he, he says stuff that will possibly get him fired. And I like that. Okay. So. Not anymore because he, he has that strict SHR social media policy well, that yeah, he doesn't okay. adhere to. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, We'd like to yeah. thank One Main Financial for. Uh, supporting this and yeah, Exalta for the Exalta studio. Studios. Joe, you want to talk about anything? You got anything else to plug, yeah, sir? Yeah, do you want to do you want to talk about you got our a book conversations? coming out? <laughs> no, there's no books. I'm actually extremely happy with One Main. You know my nephew works there, right? No, I didn't. Yeah. So Jacob, Jacob Schaff. Oh yes, Jacob. He's. I didn't know that was your nephew. Yeah, my nephew. He was yeah. on my. I um. Uh, most of my sponsors are on the one. Yep. They're on the eighty-eight too, and some are right. on the seven. But I stick to the one hauler when we travel, yep. and Jake's always there. And yeah, he was the on only the one gripe I have about him. He hates coffee and loves chocolate milk, and I don't trust people who don't drink coffee. But he is the most amazing human, and I've met a lot of your family then yeah. at the race. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, those he my comes to the car. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Drink, <laughs> it's a great family. Oh my, what? I've never drank. I'm from I don't Florida. No, you I'm just have your. I'm a Florida. That's it. Your super caffeinated That's, iced tea. You know, here's a here's a uh, here's a misnomer. Do you know that a super double throwdown Vente Starbucks? It's over 200 milligrams of caffeine. You. And I Joey. just drink. Uh, Joey, we drink kickstarts in here. I know you do, and I, I get so. a lot. I get a lot of kickstarts from TJ on the roof. <laughs> uh, but there's about 80, 80. There's about 80 milligrams, the same as a big soda. Uh, they're very, very tasty. TJ gives me the citrus one. <clears throat> yeah, I usually bring one for Joey. I like the energizing blood orange drink. The kickstart. I really but, only drink water. But what I was my, like, my my direction was going is I was tickled pink, uh, and I've never had a chance to express it about the one main saying they were leaving, mm-hmm. and then the ability for them to realize how important NASCAR and that family and that direction is to come back into the sport and not just on a one-race deal. Right. You know, for Elliot Sadler to be associated with One Main Financial and what they've done and how they receive the sport and realize its potential for them is really cool, and I'm really happy that this sport does offer opportunities for several 100 and 500, you know, Fortune 500 companies uh, to pursue advertising with. So who do you think wins the Xfinity Championship this year? Uh, you have four choices. No, I, and I, I've already picked. <laughs> I, I believe as long as 
So what you have is you have the experience of Elliot Sadler, but you have the youthful exuberance of William Byron, and I think it's going to come down to them. Um, oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, well, well. <laughs> Poor Justin. Appreciate it. No, I'm just being honest. I'm being honest. Jeez. You asked for his opinion. You, you know, uh, the, uh, we should have won it last year. <laughs> no way, man. We're close. We should have. I'm not arguing with that. Cole, oh, wait. We're really? all we. It's, we're a team. It's all seven. of us. The seven went to Homestead and, like. It, you guys did build a rocket. My guy built a rocket. Yeah. Anyway, I was yeah. I was I'm a getting huge at William By- I'm, I'm a huge William Byron fan. He's yeah. a phenomenal uh, kid. But He's what's what's more phenomenal about is how he came through the sport in such a very narrow window of time. Fast time. Yeah. In other words, he didn't start. He's not one of those four or five year old prodigies that grew up in a quarter midget or racing. Yeah. Larson. Right. He's not that group. He got into a race car and is a natural talent to where now he he's shown the ability to race and be successful in a truck. Should have won the championship in the truck, if not for an engine failure, I believe, at Phoenix. And then to be able to get in an Xfinity car is a huge learning curve and has shown the potential to learn that curve very good. Again, we're only five races into the Xfinity series. But if he continues that growth, I believe the problem with useful exuberance is you make mistakes. Mm -hmm. The advantage of the stage racing is it allows you to make up for those mistakes by winning the stages. Elliot Sadler's not going to make those mistakes, but is he going to have the youthful exuberance to win four, five, or six races, which I think it's going to take to beat these young kids? And that's the that's the window that you look at. Um, you know, obviously Team Penske doesn't have a dog in the fight. Reference in the drivers' points, we've got f- three to four drivers in our Xfinity car in the in the discount tire uh, Ford. But from a driver standpoint, you you have Elliot Sadler. I mean, all four of these cars over here. Um, you know, Michael Annette's run some cup cars. He's going to come over here, ran really good uh, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. run, run top 10. So it was good to see that. But I think when it comes down to Homestead, it's youthful exuberance versus the experience, and that's where it's going to be laid. It's astute. I really look forward to proving you wrong. <laughs> so anyway, I guess. Uh, Thank you again. Truly. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for and coming everyone on. Tune in and to I know I'm supposed show. to say holla a couple, two or three yeah. times, aren't holla. I? Yeah. Holla. Holla. Go Cox. <laughs> go, go Cox. It's the only time you can say Cox and holla and somebody not being mad at you. <laughs> because the and then it's actually the only time you can say women Cox because they won. <laughs> they did. They won the championship. They won the championship. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> Bunch. <laughs> okay. And with that, thanks, everyone. And uh, let us know what yeah. you think. Give us a shout on iTunes, Twitter, yeah. or Facebook. Wherever Leave messages, rate us, <laughs> rate us. And um, thanks to Natalie please. for filling in for Josh while he's at the yeah. Masters. She's much better looking. <laughs> is Tyler, Josh. Did you guys crash because Tyler Overstreet was out of town? Tyler, oh, yeah, is, he was at the. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. One key member. I know Michael. Mike Davis said we've we've hit the bottom of Dale Jr. tweets that become because that was on uh, for the win. You know, I don't. But Tyler <clears throat> Overstreet was out of town, so that may have been why Dale Jr. was out of. I don't kilter. feel like Tyler changes anything now. <laughs> we've wrecked with him. We've wrecked without him. Tyler is just, you know, just there now. So, uh, but it, it was a key member. So, thanks, door, Tyler, again. Door bumper almost clear. Uh, yeah. No, we see ya. We just didn't get past the bumper in the front. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Millions of followers. Peace. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 